How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Hill works to the left side, bounces to Rudy, rotates to the corner, back up top to Lyles. Six on the shot clock, drives the left hand, flares it back to Gordon. Three right side, got it! That was gorgeous basketball! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of January. It's a pack Friday. We'll look at all the pack numbers from all your questions. We'll look at the Jazz next two opponents in Detroit and Orlando in a rare home back-to-back and a fun little project by one of our listeners may put a little bit of a light on why some teams don't win as much as we think. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Wow, my voice doesn't sound quite right this morning. As he takes a sip of water, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Locked On Jazz. Locked On Jazz is a daily podcast we bring to you every single day on the Utah Jazz. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And in the Locked On Podcast Network, we give you a daily podcast each and every day. Day. So thanks so much uh, for tuning in. Uh, today's program is brought to you by My Simply Smarter. Uh, the guys up in Ogden at NACD do a wonderful work. And My Simply Smarter is a really neat com- program, online, basically brain development program, delivering personalized exercise that help you build a strong foundation for learning and help your ability to focus, process, retain, and analyze information. Uh, MySimplySmarter.com, it's an online program you can do anywhere from your computer for 10 to 30 minutes a session, three sessions a week, and the more you do, the better. Ages 6 to 100. It's really, it's a fabulous program. NACD was started in 1979. They're out of Ogden. They've been doing great work with brain development. I got a nice email or a tweet from someone the other day that told me that they've signed up for their kid. It works for really probably three different kid uh, children, if that's what you're looking for. One is kids that are having some learning difficulties, trying to really work their brain the same way you would work a muscle. Uh, the second one is typical kids who you think they can get a little bit more out of. Maybe they're just not processing as quickly. Uh, and then the third one is high student athletes uh, who could use a little better job processing on the playing field, use this to increase that. Subscriptions are sold monthly or yearly, family or individual. Uh, it's cool. Parents, you can be involved in the sense that uh, you monitor their progress through an admin login, through daily, weekly email, so it's their thing. You find out they're doing well. You get a new high score or something. You come you congratulate them. Stay connected in that manner. It's mysimplysmarter.com. Uh, check it out. Laird is... Uh, the, the contact there, a really good guy, a uh, huge, huge jazz fan. They have been together. You can email him directly if you have questions about My Simply Smarter at Laird at NACD.org. Check it out, by the way, with the promo code LOCKED. Uh, you end up getting uh, great discounts uh, as well. In fact, they, they really have made it so that it's a, it's a super opportunity. And the thing I love about it, uh, with the promo code LOCKED, you get 20% off uh, forever. So that's awfully generous of them. All right, let's get right to it. Um, I think I told you in the open what we're going to do is we're going to look at just those next two games coming up. Then 
one of our listeners, Richard Child, did a really interesting project. It's not finalized at all, but I just thought I'd share with you. He spent a lot of work with it. I wanted to share with you what he did, and then we'll run through. Um, and then we'll run through our pack stuff uh, for a Friday uh, edition of the program. We always start the show the same way, which is pins across the world. It was really cool, actually. Yesterday, I saw one of our listeners uh, congratulating uh, our pin yesterday on having their baby. So that there's just this fan connection uh, going on. This is from Wes Jenkins. I've been listening to Locked On Jazz for the past five years now and love the journey. I was raised in Okinawa, Japan, for 11 years during two, the two finals runs. The only sports on channel. Over there would be who only play Laker and Bulls games, so I didn't become too interested in the NBA until the Jazz made their finals run, and I finally got to see them play. I made sure to get an NBA game on PlayStation soon after so I could play the Utah Jazz. We moved back to Utah in 2005. I was so excited to finally watch all the Jazz games on TV, especially since they had just collected the pieces again to rebound from the Stockton Maloneer. I was able to go to my first Jazz game with a young man's group and haven't looked back since. When I went to U. Utah State for school. I became roommates with Spencer Berry and Justin Christofferson, who already had been featured in pins across the world. It was a great day when we all realized how obsessed we were about the Jazz. We have a number of trips down to Logan and Salt Lake to attend a few games. I've been I have since graduated and now live in Lee's Summit, Missouri, about ten minutes from Alec Burke's hometown. I picked up League Pass so I can still watch all the jazz games and love listening to Lockdown Jazz to get the local vibe. Plus, I'm still going to make a jazz game or two. Uh, is on the agenda every time my family get back gets back to Utah. So thank you very much to Wes Jenkins and Lee's Summit, Missouri. All right, the next two games, a rare home back-to-back. Uh, we're playing Detroit tonight. Detroit lost to the Warriors. Uh, final 127-107 last night. <clears throat> Teams are 3-9 and nine the day after playing the Warriors, by the way. Danny LaRue of Locked On Warriors gave me that. Uh, and it's interesting. Uh, you know, it's a small sample size, but it's kind of worth uh, throwing out there. This is a very selfish basketball team. Uh, they bring the ball up the floor, and uh, each guy is looking for his own offense first, and then it, once his offense dries out, then he'll move the basketball. They're 21st in the league offensively. If we stay focused and play defensively and keep them in the half court, we should really have uh, a good deal of success. The one thing they don't do is turn the ball over, but we don't force turnovers. So that's, I actually think we struggle when we play teams who uh, who don't um, who don't who regularly turn it over and then they're not going to turn it over against us because we don't force very many turnovers. And so that's the one uh, where I would, where I usually get a little concerned. Uh, But when they don't already don't force turnovers, then I kind of feel like we'll be all right. That's, that's a little bit of a, I don't know if that theory is right, but that's the way it feels to me on how we've done against teams. Uh, Their point guards, Reggie Jackson, and he would usually cause problems, but now with George Hill back, I think, uh, he probably will not cause the same amount of problems. Uh, they're not, you know, it's a little misleading because they just played the Warriors, so you have to be a little careful with skewing some of these numbers, but they're really not defending recently. Uh, last 15 games are 29th in the league defensively. So this is a team that tired, played last night, tough back-to-back. Uh, hopefully uh, we do our job. Uh, Saturday is Orlando, who... Uh, really has struggled offensively all season. They've tried a bunch of things, done a bunch of things differently, uh, and but have not figured it out. They're 27th in the league offensively. They're 27th in shooting. Um, they're tw- 17th defensively. They've had these spurts where from game 11 to game 20, they were number one in the league defensively. And then from game 21 to game 30, they were 29th in the league defensively. So I think they're, it's really they're just lost on who they are. Their last 10 games are 16th in the league defensively. Some of that could just be small sample size and, and who they're playing at different points. But it, um, 
it's just a that's a team that uh, they I don't think they've ever quite figured out their identity. They're sixteen and twenty four. I thought they'd compete for the playoffs. I I have a great belief in Frank Vogel. The only really interesting thing about them is that they're a great road defensive team, which they're far better road defensive team than home. They're the worst home team in the league. So I'm not sure uh, what to take out of that. But those are the two we have uh, coming up here. Uh, obviously, two games we think the Jazz should win. You know, do remember one thing, by the way. If, if you were to say that the Jazz have a 75% chance to win um, each of their next three games, not not to mention the fact that like some of us are talking about 10 and 11 game win streaks and crazy things like that. And you had a coin that was weighted so that you would flip that one side would land 75% of the times, so and you did it three times in a row. You only have a 42% chance that you actually – come up with the 75% time three times in a row. So you can be heavily favored in 11 straight games, and the chances of you winning all 11 are, are pretty slim. In fact, they're almost non-existent. So do realize that. I mean, we, we have this stretch here of games where I think every time we lose, there's going to be this feeling it's catastrophic. You're, we're going to lose two or three games in this stretch coming up here, even though it feels like we should, uh, we should pull them off. So just, you know, be aware of that and uh, – understand that those will those will probably happen all right so yesterday on the program i made the comment that i've tried to do some research to figure out the standard deviation of a player to figure out their consistency this is pretty number geeky but the issue is if a player averages 15 points a game and uh some of the time they're get you know and they get you 12 some nights and 17 other nights you're you're in pretty good shape you you as a coach kind of know exactly what you're going to get that's a pretty small standard deviation and you're pretty comfortable i think about what you're getting out of a player the problem is when you have a player's averaging 15 points a game and some of the time you get eight and some of the time you get 22 then you probably lose if that player is important to you every time you get eight and so what I've been trying to figure out is how do you kind of give someone a consistency ranking of some sort. The problem is that if, for example, the one of the years I was working on it, Kobe went around and dropped 81, well, suddenly that makes you seem incredibly inconsistent. You know, that widens your standard deviation of performance because you have 81. Um, so Richard Child uh, emailed me. He's much smarter than me. We played around with something. He kind of created a number called MIN. Um, and if I understand what he did, uh, minimum is one standard deviation measure below the player's points per game. So in the case of, he said, Kevin Durant, uh, who averages 26 points a game, his mid was, uh, his standard deviation point is 4.33. And so he's at 21.67. So basically Durant scores at least 21 points, 89% of the games he plays. If you take one standard deviation, Durant's bell curve is 21 to 30. Like, it's just an incredibly, incredibly consistent number. Uh, but really, the min number <clears throat> which is what gets interesting here. So Russell Westbrook's averaging 31 uh, points a game, and his min's only 25.3. So he, I mean, 90% of the games, he suddenly gets you 25 points a game. Isaiah Thomas is actually scoring at a more consistent rate than James Harden. Isaiah Thomas is 28 points a game, and his min is 24.3. James Harden's 28 points a game. His min is 23.24. What I, the most, one of the more interesting finds by Richard is of the leading scorers in the NBA, Westbrook, Thomas, Harden, DeRozan, James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kyle Lowry, of, of those leading scorers in the league. The one player 
who's very, very inconsistent is Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has a standard deviation of seven without a really consistent second score. As Tyreek had a big game last night for him, Drew Holiday's coming back. But that might tell you why New Orleans still is not quite as consistent as they might want to be. Uh, Gordon Hayward's min is uh, 5.34, or standard deviation point is 5.34, so his min is 16.8. Pretty darn good, 17. Uh, Clay Thompson's about the exact same. So Gordon and Clay, uh, both averaging 22 points a game. Uh, Gordon's min is a, is a little bit better, uh, but really they're pretty much the same offensively. Um, uh, I asked for J.J. Redick. And Rodney Hood. Uh, Now, what's interesting about this, by the way, is Rodney Hood has been struggling so much, his points per game is way down. So what was 15 is now 13.6. His min is 8.7. So one standard deviation point for Hood is 4.9. Now, that may not seem like that big a number when you consider what these other guys do, but when when your number's at 13.6, then that does become a pretty large percentage of your points. Right? So his standard deviation point is 31% of his output. Uh, it's actually probably a little bit more if I'm really being uh, exact about it. And and that's that's where Rodney, who was so awesome the other night, just that level of consistency, whether I think it's by going to the foul, it's 36%. Uh, whether it's going to the foul line or whatever. This goes back to this is really creating the bell curve that we've been talking about for quite some time. J.J. Redick also actually is a little more inconsistent than I thought, but uh, he's at 15.7 points a game. His min is 11 point, is 11 basically. Um, so I thought this was really interesting. I really thought Richard did a good job with it. There's probably, we got to figure out how to scrape some data uh, better than this. Probably right now we're doing it individually and figure out a way to scrape that data and build this and pull it more um, and anyone who's really smart statistically and wants to share some thoughts on it, they're welcome to. Uh, we can make it a little group project. But I thought that was really a good work by Richard. So thank you to Richard Child. And uh, I thought, interesting. I mean, I thought that, really, I thought the Anthony Davis thing was really interesting. And, uh, by the way, the smaller standard deviation of these lead guys is LeBron. LeBron's uh, minimum min score is 22.3. He averages 26.89 points a game. Um, I mean, it's really crazy. Uh, LeBron just kind of gets his points, holds right there. It's also why in the playoffs he probably can amp it, amp it up another level. It, it might profess to that a little bit. All right, so that was really good work. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate that. Let's go to PAC. Uh, by the way, Jazz are home tonight and tomorrow. If you want to get tickets for the Jazz, go to utahjazz.com. Uh, good ticket packages available and a family, uh, good family night package available for the Oklahoma City game on January 23rd. Would love to have you come out for that Oklahoma City game. See Russell Westbrook. Uh, six tickets, six hot dogs. Great deal from Mountain America Credit Union. I think it's only like 90 bucks or something like that. Don't hold me on that, but it's right around there. So go give the operators a call, 355. Uh, actually, what number should I tell you to call? Well, you can go to utahjazz.com probably is the best, and then you can call or inside sales at utahjazz.com. Uh, we'll get it for you as well. Um, I've got all sorts of little me- different mechanisms for you by which to to reach whomever you'd like, but um, that would be that would be the best bet I have for you um, along the way. Uh, by the way, also January 29th, Teddy Bear Toss. 
uh, at 7 o'clock for the Salt Lake Stars. Teddy bears thrown out to the court during halftime will be donated to the Grant Educational Fund for low-income kids. So you bring in one teddy bear, special discount, one teddy bear, and one ticket, only $10. Um, and you can call Richard at 801-325-2241 um, for that one. So that's a neat little event that they're doing there. All right, let's get to pack. Uh We'll look at uh, hottest players, coldest players for the season, 10 games, look at the Jazz, and then go to your questions. Uh, Kevin Durant is still the pack leader in the league at 4.0, but we have a new number two. It's Kyle Lowry at 3.3. It's interesting. Individual pack is a little lower right now than it has been seasons past. We usually have – well, no, it's about right. We have about three guys usually over three, and we have five guys right now. We usually have seven guys over two – and we're right in that realm. Uh, so number one in the league, offensive impact and pack, by the way, is points above average created. So you take Kevin Durant's 20 scoring opportunities a game, and if the average player in the league uh, used those, he would score four. Uh, Durant scores four more points per game than the average player. It's a huge amount. Kyle Lowry has 17 scoring opportunities a night, and he's at 3.3. He's really carrying DeRozan. DeRozan's going to get a lot of pub because he's putting up the bigger numbers every night. But the reason DeRozan's having, and Toronto's having success is Kyle Lowry's unbelievable. Uh, Steph Curry's averaging 20 scoring opportunities a night, and uh, he's 3.2 points above uh, the league average player. Isaiah Thomas is fourth at 3.1 points, and James Harden is fifth at 3.0. So those are the five most impactful offensive players. Uh, he doesn't reach the minimum games right now, but George Hill would be sixth at 2.8. Kawhi Leonard is really sixth at 2.5. Rudy Gobert is the seventh most impactful offensive player. Despite So how is that possible? Well, in his nine scoring opportunities a night, he uses them with such efficiency that he averages 2.4 points more than the average player in the league. So Giannis Antetokounmpo has 19 possessions a night. He uses those 19, 2.4 points more than the average player in the league. They're the same impact on their team's offense every night. Now the difference is that either positively or negatively, depending on who you play for, there's another 10 possessions to be accounted for or scoring opportunities with Rudy. If you're on a not very good team, and those, then that's a problem. If you have high-efficiency players around you, then Rudy's value becomes even bigger. LeBron is at 2.3 at 22 scoring opportunities a game. Uh, Monte Yunus, by the way, in his two games with New Orleans has been brilliant. And Otto Porter, who's got to be one of the big stories of the season, in just 11 scoring opportunities a game is 2.1, and you wonder why Washington is on the surge they're on. That would be uh, the reason. Those are your top 10. Uh, Nikolai Jokic is next, as is Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's just if he, Gordon Hayward doesn't make the All-Star team. It's just a travesty. Uh at 1.9, uh, using 18 scoring opportunities a game. Uh, C.J. McCollum for Portland's at 1.8. Damian Lillard's at 1.8. Chris Paul, 1.8. Dwight Howard, 1.8. Montrell's Harrell is at 1.8, which is probably why they're surviving without Clint Capella. Uh, Jay Crowder at 1.7. Miles Turner at 1.7. Jimmy Butler, 1.7. Uh, Steven Adams, 1.6. J.J. Redick, 1.6. Tyson Chandler, 1.6. And that kind of wraps up that group. Um, I'm going to go on a little personal one. I want to see Paul George is 1.2. Okay. Uh, The worst offensive players in the NBA. Who are the average players? Just at zero. 
Sam Decker, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Ed Davis, Troy Daniels, Willie Cauley-Stein, Amon Shumpert, Dennis Schroeder, DJ Augustine, Alex Abrinas, uh, Damon Jones, Golden State has barely played, uh, Shabazz Muhammad, Devin Harris, Taj Gibson, Andre Iguodala, Jeffrey Laverne, Tim Hardaway, Austin Rivers, that's a big jump for Austin Rivers from years past, are just sitting right at average. The negative, the biggest negative offensive players, Justice Winslow's out for the year. He'll hold this spot. Deion Waiters in Miami was also 3.2. Rajon Rondo's the third worst offensive player in the league, which is why he's not playing. Kent Bazemore in Atlanta is fourth. Michael Carter-Williams is fifth worst. Emmanuel Moutier, sixth. Nikolai Vukovic, who we'll see in Orlando, is sixth, is seventh. Uh, Amino Alfarouk Aminu in uh, Portland is next. Ish Smith, who we see tonight. Devin Booker is at minus 1.7. Someone asked about that uh, in our questions. So those are the players. uh, And then we do our local check on the Utah Jazz. Gordon Hayward obviously has had a big jump there. Uh, Rudy, we just talked about, is the best at 2.8. George Hill at 2.8, Rudy at 2.4, Gordon at 1.9. That's an incredible triumvirate. I mean, if those three are doing that, you're going to be a great offensive team. Joe Ingles, 0.8, Jeff Withy, 0.3, Neto, 0.2, Alec Burks, 0.1, Joel Ballenboy, 0.1, and then everybody else is negative now, which is a little, little uncomfortable. Uh, Joe Johnson's a negative 0.2, Boris Diaz a negative 0.3, Shelvin Max a negative 0.5, as is Dante Exum. Trey Lyles is a negative 0.5, but that's climbing. Rodney's a minus 1. And Derek Favors is a minus 1.2. So those all f- need to get better. We'll look at where they are for the last 10 games uh, here in a second. All right, this is the first time I've looked at these. The hottest players in the NBA, Isaiah Thomas with a pack 5.4. Kyle Lowry's at 4.8. Kawhi Leonard is next at 3.6. Gordon Hayward's the fourth hottest player in the NBA. Excuse me. Let's see what Gordon's done. Gordon's done some amazing things. Last 10 games, he's taking 25% of his shots as threes and 15% at the free throw line. He's shooting 51% from the field and 48% from three and 90% for 89% from the free throw line, averaging 23 points, five rebounds, and three assists. I mean, how many times can we revisit how good he's been this year? Uh, Nikolai Jokic comes in as fifth. Otto Porter is sixth. LaMarcus Aldridge doing it for San Antonio at seventh. James Harden, eighth. Kevin Durant, nine. Yadis Anadokounmpo, ten. Some interesting names just kind of in the next tier. Ryan Anderson is 11. LeBron, 12. Chris Paul, 13. Kemba Walker, 14. Stephen Adams, 15. Anthony Tolliver in Sacramento's hot. 16. Brooke Lopez, 17. Darrell Arthur, in Denver, not playing a lot, is 18th. Alan Crabb is 18th. C.J. McCollum, 19th. And Jabari Parker comes in as 20th. Danilo Gallinari's hot as well. So those are the hottest players in the league. Let's see who the coldest players in the last 10 games are in the league. Um, a lot of them don't play. Jamal Crawford is the coldest player in the league over the last 10 games. 33% shooting, 22% from three. Uh Marcus Morris, who we see in Detroit, is the second coldest player in the league. Last 10 games, he's shooting 32%, 28% from three. Paul Millsap, that's interesting, is the third uh, coldest player in the league the last 10 games. Rajon Rondo. Rodney Hood is fifth. He's obviously coming out of it, hopefully. Derek Rose is sixth. Damian Lillard is seventh. Devin Booker is eighth. Michael Carter-Williams is ninth. Marco Bellinelli, who's only played five of those games, would come in next. Kent Bazemore, Wesley Matthews, Dario Saric, 
Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade. I'll get into the next group. Derek Favors as well uh, over the last 10. All right, let's go check just the Utah Jazz over the last 10 games, and then we'll get to your questions on pack. I hope you find this interesting. Our numbers are pretty good on Fridays, so it seems to be that you like it. I think it's fun to find out who's uh, hot and cold and didn't know these things. So over the last 10 games, Gordon is the hottest player on the team at 3.6. George Hill's at 1.0 in the five games he's played. Rudy's at .7. Trey, so he's slipped a little bit. He's kind of calmed down. He's at 55% shooting. Trey Lyles is positive over the last few games. Good for Trey. Uh, shooting the three ball great at 49%. Uh, he's at .7. Joe Ingles, .3. Alec, we mentioned, .1. Neto has barely played with. He's barely played. Boris is at minus .5. Shelvin Mack is at minus .8. Joe Johnson is at minus .8. Dante Exum is at minus 1.3. He's only played one game in that stretch. Derek Favors minus 1.9 and Rodney Hood minus 2.8 over the last 10 games. So hopefully those guys will will turn those things uh, around. All right, let's go to your questions and let me load up my tweet deck and, and find out who it is you wanted to know about. By the way, yesterday I spent time, it was on the True Hoop podcast with Kevin Arnovitz uh, and enjoyed that a great deal. Um, so uh, I hope you uh, get a chance to uh, hear it, and uh, and then you can always thank Kevin for having me on if you want. He's he's a great guy. Uh, by the way, one note on tonight's game: uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope got hit last night. I'd be surprised if he plays. And actually, Andre Drummond twisted an ankle last night. I think that'll reveal, show itself again. Um, uh, show itself again tonight at some point in time would be a little bit of my guess. All right, let's go to. Uh, your questions on specific pack players. Um, Andre Drummond. So I may, I sent out a tweet yesterday that there's nothing comparable about Andre Drummond's uh, 15 points and 13 rebounds to Rudy Gobert's 12 and 12. Uh, Drummond numbers, other than the fact they're a great defensive rebounding team, just look to me to be hollow. They're not a good offensive team. They're 21st in the league offensively, so he's not impacting that. And then neg- and defensively, he's not impacting that at all. Um, his pack is a negative .5, which is actually a huge uptick from a year ago. But so, he, I mean, here's the difference between – this is where these numbers, I think, are really valuable. So if you look at Andre Drummond, he's averaging – your easy answer is, well, he's averaging 15, 14 points. Or now – he's now averaging 17 points. Wait a sec. Drummond? Where's Drummond? Drummond's averaging – Oh, this is just last 10 games. Excuse me. Um, no wonder that was confusing. I had different numbers on different sides. So if we look at Andre Drummond, we look at, right, let's start with Rudy Gobert. So Rudy Gobert, and we know all this defensive impact, is averaging 12 points, 12 rebounds a game. And he's a positive 2.4 pack. So in his nine scoring opportunities tonight, he's giving the Jazz 2.4 points above average. Andre Drummond, on the other hand, if we're just going to compare, comparing these two, Seemingly is the better player, right? He puts up more points and more rebounds. Um, that's the old way of looking at it. Andre Drummond's a negative .4. So he's using 14 scoring opportunities a night to get his points. He's now taking, he's using those below average, taking those opportunities away from other teammates. And uh, while he's scoring more points, it's taking him, you know, five more possessions than Rudy on a given night to score those points. And his is much less positively impactful to his team. So that's where I see just a huge difference between these two players. Not to mention I just see Rudy having a huge impact on every play and and Drummond not. 
so that was what that was. Curious about the Raptors and who's making a difference beyond Lowry and DeRozan. Well, I think the thing is that Lowry's making a bigger impact than he should. I think the mistake we're making on the Raptors is we're talking about Lowry and DeRozan, and we shouldn't be. We should be talking about Lowry. Lowry's 3.3. DeRozan is 0.4. Now, there's a value to the fact that DeRozan's using 25 scoring opportunities a night, that he then keeps them away from below-average players and takes that burden. But Kyle Lowry in 17 scoring opportunities is a 3.3. Without him, then DeRozan is an inefficient offensive player, and it hurts your team. Uh, uh, Lucas Nogueira is .9. Valanchunas is a .9. Damari's .4. Terrence Ross is .4. Powell's .2. Siakam, who's out of the rotation, is minus .2. And Jakob Pertl. Corey Joseph is minus .6. Patrick Patterson is minus .6. So they only – what they really have is kind of my – they're close to having my ideal team, which is they just don't have any negative players. And I'm a big believer in that. Uh, Reggie Jackson, who we'll see today. I was convinced that when Reggie Jackson came back, Detroit would explode because Ish Smith uh, is such a negative player in pack at minus 1.8. It has not happened. Reggie Jackson is a minus 0.3. He has not done that at all which has been a bit disappointing. Uh, also, they just they were incredibly selfish last night. It, it was really maybe a TNT in that environment. I don't know. It just was it was stunning. Uh, I'm asked about Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and Al Farouk uh, Amino. Amino's having one of the, had a decent year last year. He's having one of the worst offensive years this year. They've actually become the same player, I think. Michael Kidd, Gilchrist is a minus point seven, um, And uh, Aminu, who last year was actually okay, uh, this year is a minus 1.9, shooting 26% from three and 35% from the field. Um, so I think that's pretty uh, revealing. Um, Tony Parker and Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb has had a great year. He's at 1.1. Alan Crabb's development is why the idea of trading C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard is not totally insane. Trading one of those, they're both great. If you get a huge package of of players and, and you got something to just change your roster because they're so tight set on who they are. Um, Evan Turner, by the way, is a minus 0.9. Have they taken him out of the rotation yet? Uh, Tony Parker, San Antonio is just a great mystery. How are they? Kevin Arnovitz and I talked a lot about this the other day. How are they doing this? Uh, Tony Parker is a negative 0.6. He's the worst on the team. Kawhi, 2.5. Patty Mills, 1.1. Danny Green, 1.1. David Lee, 0.8. Aldridge, 0.7. Bertans, 0.6. Deadman, 0.5. Pau Gasol, 0.1. Manus, minus 0.3. Jonathan Simmons, minus 0.4. And Tony Parker, minus 0.6. Phoenix question, then I got to go here in a second to go get the kids. On TJ Warren. TJ Warren is a minus 1.3. And Devin Booker is a minus 1.7. so Devin Booker, Josh Lloyd of, of Locked On Fantasy Basketball asked me on that. Devin Booker's a minus 1.7. One of the most negatively impactful offensive players in the league. Now he's a second-year player, so maybe you give him a break, but I, I wouldn't buy all the hype on, on Devin Booker until I see that pack number start coming around. All right, that is uh, today's edition of Locked On Jazz. If you'd like to advertise on Locked On Jazz, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. We are... 
uh, 97% men, uh, mostly between the ages of uh, 18 and 54. In fact, the numbers are uh, pretty dramatic in that regard. Uh, we uh, really kind of pull a, an awesome audience for you. The uh, Interactive Advertising Bureau and Edison Research say that cus- uh, consumers are highly likely to purchase from podcast sponsors. Nearly 65% of them are more willing to consider purchasing products or services they've learned about on a podcast, and 60% added that given equal price and quality, they prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. So thank you. If you're one of those people who've supported our guys, Devin Cash and Shamrock Auto Group and all of those, then I greatly appreciate it. That is and My Simply Smarter is our sponsor today. Go visit MySimplySmarter.com, uh, promo code LOCKED. I probably forgot, you know, Sherlock Intelligence deserves a shout-out there. I don't need to mention every sponsor we've ever had. But uh, All right, have a great weekend. Thank you very much. This is Locked on Jazz. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.